0: This is Fred and Zander on ESPN 1000.
1: And now on Digital FM at 100.3 HD2.
0: This is Chicago's home for sports.
1: Not that listening to Rush has anything to do with the next thing I'm going to say.
2: It's your Sunday morning Rush here on AM 1000.
1: Bye-bye. November is the month that the Peter Jackson Beatles thing
2: is coming out. Yes, Disney Plus. Yeah, in a week. And I thought it was gonna be a wide a wider uh, release than just Disney Plus. And of course I don't have Disney Plus. Come on. I know you you know I do have it. Now I because I don't have little kids anymore, they're in their twenties and I don't watch Disney movies. Yeah, but see you can get Wait, that
3: that is like one of the big target demos. Like when Disney Plus came out. Everyone, including people my age, yeah. were jumping on it. wasn't just people with kids. Yeah, it's a lot of college kids that jumped right in on the Disney Plus train. Disney Plus is has, great. It has like Star Wars stuff. It know. has all the Star
1: Wars movies, all the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So every well, still, Iron you still Man, you still all that stuff. It. Well, and then when you got it, you can package it up with ESPN Plus and Hulu. So for thirteen ninety nine a month, you get those three. And you know how much stuff you get from I got I have to tell you now since I I I watch my grandkids my inherited grandkids You spend grandkids, time
2: with you spend time with I watch them, them. You don't watch them. I you I spend watch time. time with I them. them I watch
1: them throw stuff around <laughs> and yell at me and spit up on me and stuff like that but Disney is a savior
2: well, I, I get that because I halfway through the day, Fred. I, I had kids. I, I, know. I, I get that. I know, but they had all those movies on VHS. I, I wish I would have saved them. I could have resold them and made a lot of money. That I, stuff sells for a lot of money. I
1: never saw I Moana before. Now I got to see it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I never I've seen 117 I,
1: times. I actually, I actually had never seen the 101 Dalmatians before. Not the old. I've
2: one. seen it 102 times.
1: Yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, so that the Peter Jackson uh, Beatles things coming up. I think in a week or so.
2: Actually, Pretty I. So I, th- I think that we can uh, – there's something with our phone plan. We can get right. it and everything. But right. I'm frustrated because it's like, oh, I want to see that. That's on Apple TV. Uh-huh. Like I haven't seen Lasso, and it's like that's on Apple TV. Oh, and I was, that's and the other thing I, sh- and that's that's I, other be... thing
1: I was going to bring you. And, 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 Damn it. And, 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 Oh, the DVD. Oh, the DVDs. last no, year, that's yeah. That's okay. I won't
2: let you off the hook. I'll for bring that. it to you next week. Uh, so you know that, and then and then there's uh, what is it, Peacock and Paramount well, and all this stuff. I'm a soccer like, fan. Uh-huh. You got to
1: get. I mean, you're, if you're a soccer fan and you like so the English Premier League, and if you like uh, the Bundesliga or La Liga or uh, Champions League, you've got to get Paramount Plus, Peacock, ESPN Plus. Those three things you have to get, and it's it's nuts. There's so much of it.
2: You know, you brought brought up a, Tyler brought up a point about you know it, uh, it being attracted to different age yeah. groups, and I think it's all about their marketing. As soon as I saw Disney Plus, I thought it's a bunch of Disney movies. Yeah, which yeah. you know, like little kid movies.
3: It's you know, every and, Disney and it's, movie you could ever right. imagine. It's like any Disney. And, and the <laughs> fact
2: yeah. right, and the fact that they are uh, releasing the uh, Beatles, Peter Jackson Beatles right. doc on there is a great way to get other people into yeah. that channel. Yeah. So they're doing it that way.
1: Yeah. It's pretty, I mean, it's, it's, uh I'm looking forward to it. I'm not, I was not a beat, never a Beatles Have fan. Have you
2: seen any of the trailers? Yeah. There was one last uh, so year that I... we were talking about during COVID that they cut together just to kind of buy some time. He
1: even did a little intro to it. Peter Jackson yeah. Right, right, intro. right. Yeah. And
2: then there, there's the actual movie trailer, which shows some other stuff. It's so great to see those guys in the moment as normal guys. Yeah. It's stuff we that we think it, of them as these huge icons, and we learn a lot. Yeah,
1: it's stuff that they really had never shown before. It's never right. been out there before. Right, in
2: the in the fact that uh, George quit for a few days, yeah. and they were going to call Eric Clapton. Boy, that's the amazing. guy that stole George's wife. But that's another episode.
1: Is that another? Is yeah. that, is that it's another a whole other show? Okay. Uh, so the White Sox didn't win the World Series. Uh, either did the Astros. Newsflash. Neither did the Astros.
2: No, they didn't. And
1: I guess you you win the World Series. You win baseball games nowadays by hitting home runs. The Astros hit more homers than the White Sox, and then the Braves hit more homers than the Astros. Okay, and um, so the Braves hit eleven homers in the in the World Series, and the Astros hit two. Altuve hit two. Nobody hit. So they out homered uh, yeah, by they, nine. They went cold. Yeah, they out homered by nine. Freddie Freeman hit one in the final game, which was I was happy to see. Um, so. People were wondering why Rick Hahn didn't talk earlier. Now, basically, he waited till everything was over. Waited until the World Series was but it over. It seems
2: like that would be the right time. Yeah, I, I know we want to hear the day after the Sox lose, but yeah, this is typical.
1: Yeah. So he did talk the other day. Talked about a lot of different things about the team. And one of the answers or one of the questions for Rick Hahn was, what, do you, what did you learn uh, from the White Sox playoff loss? Now, remember, they were in the playoffs the year before and won only one game out of three against the A's. Now they've won just one game out of four against the Astros. This was Rick Hahn on Friday.
4: Astros were better than us for those four days, or at least three of the four. I think that's the overarching message right there. Uh, but look, we, we got beat in multiple aspects of the game, whether it was uh, from a run prevention or run scoring standpoint, defensively, defensively, uh, you know, it wasn't up to par. We were not playing championship caliber baseball over the course of the the first week of October, and we paid we paid the price for it. Uh, I think it there is there are lessons to be learned. You heard Lucas yesterday talk about the benefit of the experience and that uh, the need for the proper preparation and focus come October uh you know lessons you don't want to learn the hard way but do come from from getting beat i think uh, to read too much into again you know 34 35 some odd innings and say we learned x as an immutable truth about this team is a little dangerous it's a small sample it was a again a bad week we didn't play up to our capabilities we know there's areas we need to get better that were on display over the course of those four days, but they were also evident over the course of the six months if you looked at it. Uh, and those are going to be the areas we, you know, Tony and his staff will seek to improve over the off season and, and throughout spring training. And from a personnel standpoint, we'll try to address as a front office.
1: One of the things they addressed immediately was they got rid of the strength and conditioning coach,
4: Alan Thomas. I saw that. Yeah
1: whose son is actually really a pretty good up-and-coming player. I saw him in some um, some all-star games and stuff like that. But I think it's his son. I'm pretty sure it's his son. And, um, but they got rid of him, and you think about it, Madrigal out for the rest of the year with a leg injury. Luis Robert went out, hurt himself. Uh, Eli Jimenez was out for a long time. Now, Jimenez will hit more homers. He missed 99 games this year. I mean, it was crazy how many games he missed.
2: Right, right. It's almost hard to believe he missed that much, but he did.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. the White Sox didn't homer as much as they did in years past. But even when they were playing, they weren't homering as much. Okay, you didn't have as many homers from Jose Abreu. You didn't have that kind of stuff. Rondell
2: came on just a bit. Yeah, when he came back, he hit twenty three. Was was actually going to do something since he hit eighteen up until the point of the trade deadline. Yeah,
1: until until he came here, and then he hit two. I think he hit three, but that that's it. Yeah, enough, almost nothing. And they decided they're not they weren't picking up Cesar Hernandez's deal, which was not surprising. Okay, they, they declined his option, his $6 million option. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to bring him back if they can't find another guy.
2: Right, but you know what? It was less surprising after the season uh, that he had with us yeah. that we are letting him go and that it was when we picked him up Yeah, because that came out of nowhere. And that was a swing that uh, Rick took that could have worked out well. It just didn't. And, and look, uh, you know, right, we, we could re-sign him if we can't find anybody else, but I mean, they're out there. Yeah. We could do a lot better. And I think we actually have to pay attention to that before right field. He hit three home runs. His slug his
1: slugging percentage was two ninety-nine. After hitting eighteen home runs and slugging four thirty-one for the Indians. So, you know, at that time you had no idea he was gonna struggle like that. Now Craig Kimbrell, on the other hand, is a guy that posted a five oh nine in twenty-four games, largely in a setup role. Uh, after compiling a zero point four nine in thirty nine games with the Cubs in a closer role, now he also Rickon also talked about that and evaluating the trade those trades that he made at the deadline.
4: Yeah, it, it, you know what, Chuck? It's a really uh, how long you got? Because we can go through this thing for for hours if if need be. Because um, I'm of multiple minds of it. Uh, I read a book years ago, uh, I think it's, it was called uh, Amarillo Slim in the World of Fat People. It was, about, it was by Amarillo Slim Harkins, I think was his name, who uh, was uh, one of the first winners of the World Series of Poker. And at some point in the course of the book, he was doing an interview and they said to him, uh, you know, you've won millions of dollars in your career, but you've also lost millions of dollars in your career. How do you, how do you deal with those losses? And his answer was something to the effect of, I got to look at the decisions, not the results. And at the time when you make the decision, based on the information you had, was it the right decision? And our acquisitions uh, at the deadline, Tapera, Kimbrel, Cesar Hernandez, um, were absolutely the right moves to make on a team that had World Series aspirations and the needs that we had. Uh, it's, we don't regret being aggressive. We don't regret addressing in a, what we felt were going to be impactful ways, our clear needs at the time. Uh, obviously it didn't work out because those moves were made with the goal of winning a world series. You heard me talk over the course of the few months leading up in August and September, when you'd asked me about an individual's performance that we acquired. That, yeah there was this was going on or that was going on but really it was gonna it was about october so if you judge it from the prism of whether it worked or not it didn't work at the time for the 21 season uh but if i look at it from the perspective of the decisions at the time they were made they were the right decisions and we would be aggressive again i look forward to the opportunity to feel like we have a realistic chance of winning a world series at the deadline and being aggressive in a matter to add or address whatever needs may exist on that club. Uh, from a personal level, yeah, it hurts, you know, you, you want it to work out. That's why we're, that's why we do this. It's to win championships. You want to feel like you're doing everything in your power to facilitate that. And when it doesn't work, you know, you feel that that's uh, that's those are things that stick with you. But in the end, it's when you look at it from the prism of was it the right thing to do and would we do it again? Absolutely.
1: Okay. The only thing I disagree with, and obviously this is something they had to think about when they made the decision of going out and getting Craig Kimbrell, mm. is you spent a lot of money for a four year deal for Liam Hendricks to be your closer. They must have sat down and thought that Craig Kimbrell could be the setup guy. Because when you spent four give a four-year deal to a guy to be your closer, you're not going to say, listen, we know we signed you to be our closer, but we're going to bring another guy in and he's going to share the duties with right,
2: you. Right, right. But remember what Liam said, which was, "I, I would, it really impressed me. At the time, he said, give me the ball whenever I'll get people out. That's fine. Yeah. But and it's not that easy. He's a good as, He's a good soldier. And and that's fine. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's part of it, right? As yeah. a fan base, you want to hear something like that yeah. from your players. But the whole Kimbrell thing still confuses me because I know it's a mentality. But then again, you know, I go back to something I mentioned yesterday. I heard Steve Stone say this several times. He was, you know, what do he have, 27 wins in 1980, whatever it was Steve Stone did. He yeah. played for the yeah. Orioles. He won the Saw Young. He said there was a pitcher on that staff that went up to Earl Weaver, old school manager yeah. that's been gone for years, said, what's my role? And Earl said, "Would I give you the ball, you get the people out. That's all you worry about. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about whenever or wherever. So we'd like to think it's that easy. Uh, I still want to think it's that easy. Apparently it's not.
1: That's why I got mad at everybody in the station also who ripped... Ricky Renteria last year by giving the ball in the playoffs to Carlos Rodon. They said, he's not, he can't do that. I go,
2: he's a pitcher. You get the ball and you go to the mound and you try to get the batter out. See, now, were they approaching it that way? Because you and I have talked about that. And it was always, I didn't mind that they put him in. I minded that he was just off the IL or IR. And he was, uh, I don't think, mentally ready for that because he just came off. He did not have a lot of time. No, he practiced at the uh, offside. Right, right. right. Yeah. That that was my but if they were saying that mentally he's like if he had all this time, he had all uh, you yeah. didn't have the injury and that was the wrong place to put him. No, I don't uh, I don't agree with that. Mark Burley yeah. came in as a reliever. And so now we, find out, and now we yeah. found out Mark had a couple beers in him yeah. when he came in to do that. Yeah, he's a lot looser. Three one two three
1: three one two three three two three seven seven six. We got to take a quick break. Caller's hanging there. We'll get right back to you. Talk a little bit of White Sox baseball. We got another Rick Hunter too, to play. Also, we're going to play. Uh, talk a little bit about the Bulls last night. Another rough game. They lose back to back games to the 76ers. We'll talk about that. We're here till noon. Fred and Zander on ESPN 1000. Fred and Xander
3: on
0: ESPN One Thousand. Also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app.
1: Yeah, I know it's a football Sunday, but the Bears don't play till tomorrow. Talking some baseball. Rick Con comments. Get right to the calls in a second. Um, The Dolphins' quarterback Tua um, is not starting today. Apparently, it's going to be Jacoby Brissett starting against the Texans. Tua's dealing with a um, thumb injury, I think, right? A finger injury. So he's not going to be starting for the Dolphins. So I know that um, I think that topic was touched on earlier today with uh, Jeff Miller for the Fantasy Football Show at 8 o'clock. So um, you've got 40 minutes to get your rosters in, I'm sure. So let us know, or don't let us know. We don't care really if you're playing two or not. Jeff did, but we don't really care. Uh, let's go to John and Evanston. John, what's happening? Hey, John.
5: Hey, guys. Yeah, last night I was watching my college football. Uh huh. And I saw on the bottom of the screen that the White Sox are bringing back Kimbrough. And. I, I I went completely livid. I'm like, why would you bring back a closer to set up when you got guys in your bullpen well. that would love the opportunity to do this?
2: John, I he's going to be traded. Yeah, they, they, they
5: oh, you know what? I hope they get that second baseman they need.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, be, I don't know if he brings that kind of return. I think we're going to have to sign a second a baseman. We a right fielder. Well, maybe. We need a right fielder. Maybe we have to identify. I think Jesse said the Phillies really need a closer. Uh, oh yeah. So, may, that so maybe may be, they that figure. may be a target. Um, yeah, that's what the White Sox said did. said Bryce John. Harper for uh, that's not oh, going yeah. to happen. No,
1: uh, I don't want Bryce Harper anyway. Um, the White Sox they they picked up the deal just so they can trade him. Uh, okay. It's, it's easier to trade than yeah. to uh,
2: you know trade him and uh, let that fall on yeah. whoever what, picked him up. What do you think?
5: What do you think the return would be for him? What do you think the White Sox would ask for him?
1: Well, I'm like like, like uh, Xander was just saying, if they can get a second baseman. And somebody yeah. else, or you know, a young second someone baseman, someone that can hit on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, yeah, nice. but you
2: know what? We need a we need a Simeon. We need a um, uh, uh, Escobar. I don't think that type of player is available for Kimbrel, especially no. with what he, what he just how about, did.
1: How about how about trading him to the Dodgers for Gavin Lux, the kid? Yeah, yeah, the kid who that they that would
5: be awesome. <clears> we could stick him in.
1: We could stick him in, uh, like center field. No, every day. no, no. Lux is a second baseman. He had oh, to play, right? I'm he had sorry. to, right? He That's had to play center bad. field. He had to but play center a, field because they had got too got many other nice guys. Too.
2: Yeah. Now I wouldn't mind if we guy, picked up player. a young, yeah. a young prospect and still yeah. made a big signing, but have that prospect in the system. Yeah. You know, because yeah, for right, be, for I right,
5: think that would be a sweet deal. Yeah. For right field,
2: I, I see. I see a Sheets the Vaughn platoon possibly. That's right. I, I know that that's see. not necessarily the answer, but these are talented young guys. They could de- Sheets could develop into that, that left handed home run hitter. We've yeah. seen it. Yeah. yeah. Well,
5: you, you know he's got power. Yep. Yeah, I mean- yeah. All you got to do is, you know, make sure that you bring him along the right way yep. and not mess them up now. Well, yep.
1: and that's the same thing, John. We appreciate the call. Nice, same man. thing with Andrew Vaughn, because Vaughn was struggling so bad near the end of the he year. And was. Um, it, it was tough. Every time you saw him at the plate, it, he just was not – getting you good at bats. And, um, but we
2: saw it earlier, so we know he could do it. Yeah. And he certainly has been adaptable. If he can play left, he certainly could be an everyday right fielder. Oh, no, he can
1: play right. Yeah, uh, yeah They could do that. I think that White Sox fans, most White Sox fans, I would think, would like to get a different right fielder and then figure out other ways to use Gavin um, like uh, Gavin Sheets, yeah. I, I, yeah, and and and
2: uh, Andrew Vaughn, right? Uh, you, do you know? I, I mentioned this to uh, Jesse. Do you know who the last right fielder, stud right fielder, the Sox developed in their system?
1: Oh, I think I heard this Maglio Ordonez, yeah. right? Yeah, or right? back in the day. Yeah. Let's go to the South Side and Ron. Ron, you remember Maglio? Yeah, he absolutely <laughs> Maglio. There you
6: go. There you go. Hey. Look here, guys. I know it's football Sunday, but it's always good talking some baseball. So, uh, a couple of things, guys. Uh, the, the, the last year, uh, the White Sox needed a right fielder. They got a meeting. so it didn't work out. <laughs> no. So let's not make that mis- mistake. Mm-hmm. As far as um, Vaughn, that's 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 not going to work, guys. And Sheets, mm-hmm. go and get. Uh, right field. But you know what? The White Sox really have probably a lot of the same questions. They're going to listen. And one last thing, guys, the pitching staff. I think Rodon is is pretty much gone. I I don't know if um, Keiko is even a number five starter. They may, in terms of free agency, may have to get a pitcher. Lastly, uh, Marcus Simeon, I think he just hired um boris his yeah age. he did yeah. yeah yeah so you know what yeah I, I i think that price would be a little too much so um they still have look they still have to uh, answer second base right field and i think um stick will still need a pitcher. so you guys have a great day
2: thanks ron ron <laughs> appreciate it do you do you think uh okay there's a pile of money do we spend it on right field or second base? What's your preference? Jesse went with right field. Would I too. said sec- I say second base.
1: I'd say right field. I you can bring a second baseman in to be a defensive guy and then be a guy that can uh, field okay and not be and uh, not be worried about your hitter. Bat. Yeah, because if you get the what, home...
2: uh, what about a Simeon who is a huge bat and he is good
1: defensively. I know he is because he's basically a shortstop and he can play both positions. And he was with the Sox before they actually had him in uh, in their well, they, system.
2: Yep, yeah, yep, they did three
1: one two three three two three seven seven six. We go to Orland Park and Mike, you're on ESPN one thousand. What's up,
2: hey, Mike? Mike?
0: Hey, how's it going, guys? Okay, um, just a, a quick question because. You know, the White Sox, it seems like they're always in on every deal that they never get done when it comes to, like, you know, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, or else they get these guys that are, like, way past their prime. I'm wondering, with all that money that they said they were going to spend before and they didn't spend it, we know they didn't spend it, why don't they go out and get Chris Bryant or somebody like that in free agency that's coming up?
2: They, I mean, Does Chris Bryant want to be on the White Sox? Well, the one thing about Chris Bryant I don't know, but yeah. that's a good question. Yeah.
1: The one thing about him, I mean, I know the that Scott Boris is his agent, but the other thing is, I think after he went to the Giants, he's expecting to get the kind of deal a kind of deal like Harper and some of these other guys got. And I don't think that's happening. No. Anyway from anybody. So then the question is what, you know, is someone gonna over offer money? You know, make a a huge offer for Chris Bryant. That's going to be really interesting, and and I'm sure you and Jesse were probably talking yesterday. We appreciate the call, Mike. Yeah, um, you and Jesse were probably talking yesterday about the the possibility of a strike in baseball.
2: We were, yeah. we were, and and you know, we were. Using the word lockout. Now, Jesse was uh, very clear in uh, you know saying that lockout is definitely a tool to get things to be a little more urgent, right? And he felt like the lockout would be an early issue and would not affect the season. I always look at a lockout as something that would affect the season. I mean, I really don't care if he's locking if they're locking each other out at the- in January. I don't care. Yeah. As long as it doesn't affect the season, and he thinks it will not. But there's a lot on the table this year. Yeah.
1: Well, there's a lot of things they want to put in. They want to put in the Universal DH. And anytime you put something in, the Players Association is going to ask for something else. They're going to ask for, okay, you want to put this in? Fine, we give us this. You want to pitch clock? Okay, fine, give us this. Yeah,
2: well, it's old fashioned bargaining. Yeah. And that's what they have to get done.
1: NBC Sports Chicago put together a list of right fielders. They have Nick Castellanos, Chris Bryant. Michael Conforto, left-handed Conforto, terrific during the shortened 2020 campaign, beefing up his free agency. But the numbers took a dip in 2021.
2: That's a oh, could that be another Nomar Mazzara? Who God, you know, said, you know, Nomar had yeah. a good season or two.
1: Starling Marte is a guy who's always listed out there, a Gold Glove guy. Jorge Soler, listen, Soler was a Cub, and I, as a White Sox fan, I would watch Soler, and he was he never hustled and now he just hits the crap out of the ball. He right. did it against the White Sox all season long. Yes, he did. But he was a problem. He got pulled from games for not hustling when he with the Cubs. Right. Somewhere along the line, someone must have talked to him because he seemed to be well, fine. Well, what he
2: did for the Braves, he's going to get paid by somebody. I just don't want it to be the White Sox.
1: Well, it says here, this was, again, on um, NBC Sports Chicago. It's true, Soler exploded as what seemed to be one of the game's biggest power threats with a crazy 2019 season in Kansas City. Uh, hitting an American league best forty eight homers. His numbers dropped though this season, just twenty seven homers. Uh fourteen of those though came into fifty five games he played in the midseason role with the Braves. So he gets named the you know the World Series MVP. Um he was awful at the plate before the deal. He was hitting one ninety two with the
2: Royals. Right.
1: So you can't I mean that's, he's, that's
2: just really good he, timing.
1: He is your Nomar Mazzara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he's Holaire. Would be your Nomara Bazaar. <laughs> right, right. We come back, I'm gonna play one more cut from Rickon, and then we'll talk a little bit of Bulls basketball. Bulls lose again to the Sixers last night. We'll hear from Billy Donovan. Bulls are struggling a little bit, but you know what? They're a fun team to watch and they're playing a good team. The uh the Sixers have eight wins already this this early season. So it's a very good Sixers team, despite the fact that that they had a bunch of injuries and um, you would have thought the Bulls would have done a better job last night. We'll talk some Bulls after we hear from Rick Hahn and we can hear from you at 312-332-3776 on ESPN 1000.
0: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at, at ESPN, ESPN underscore Chicago. Chicago. Now back to more Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000.
1: We'll get to some bulls in a second. If you saw the Bulls game last night, you want to talk about uh, Billy Donovan's crew, let us know three one two three three two three seven seven six. Um Rick Hahn talked the other day and there's a couple more cuts I wanted to play. This is the first one. He said and was asked about faith in the pitching staff and what's gonna happen with Michael Kopech next year.
4: No, that's that's you hit the nail on the head there. It's it's the innings base and what can we reasonably tack on to him over the course of ideally seven months next year. Uh, we're going to have to be uh, diligent in our monitoring of him over the course of the off season, as well as as it goes through spring training and over the course of the regular season in terms of his, uh, how the ball looks coming out of his hand, what his mechanics look like, what the data is telling us, what almost as important as anything or more important than anything, how, how Michael's reporting how he feels. Uh, You're absolutely right. The kid has a world of talent. We think he's going to be a a, a potentially dominant starter for a long time, but we are dealing with a limited innings base and we need to build it up, build it up wisely. There's, there's probably, I'm probably going to be sitting in this chair at some point next summer uh, explaining why we're doing something with Michael in terms of giving him a break in order to keep him strong over the course of that season. So it's nothing uh, that we haven't dealt with before uh, in terms of, building a guy out of the pen into the rotation, but it's certainly a, a project that we need to uh, go into with eyes open and a good plan and, and one that uh, has some flexibility built into it based upon what we're all seeing and what Michael's reporting come next spring and summer.
1: I got to tell you, and maybe it's just me, maybe this is the old fogey and me, but they baby pitchers so much it's it's unbelievable well you know we may have to stretch him out a little bit, and he didn't do this and I understand that, but you know what this is the major leagues okay I loved what Steve stone said on the white sox talk podcast a couple weeks ago on um with NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah, he that, said, listen. Was a, that
2: was a great yeah. one. Yeah,
1: he said, listen, he said, Michael Kopech, you can move him in as a starter, but Michael Kopech's got to realize that every fastball doesn't have to be 98 to 100 miles an hour. Right. You can vary speeds. You can do this. And I talked to some other people, and they said, look, when he came in as a starter and threw those three innings a couple times, he was using all of his pitches. But when you brought him in later and for an inning or two, he wasn't. And... The second half of the season, his his he did not pitch well. Everybody yelled and screamed because he didn't play in pitch in game one. I think it was in the uh playoffs. But then when he did come in, the two games he came in, he gave up three runs in both games. He was giving up the long ball. He gave up home runs. The second half of the season, and I think that when he when you get through his head, he's going to be a starter. You can use all your pitches. You can vary the speed on your fastball. Finesse.
2: And having a Lance Lynn on staff. Yeah, here's a guy that has, what, 20, 18 different types of fastballs, yeah, he's got whatever a bunch, yeah. yeah, that's a good guy to have on the staff. So not only did we sign him as a pitcher, he's a mentor. He, right. And, and certainly if he's doing that for Michael, that's going to help.
1: Yeah. Tremendous. It would be great. So I would love to see, and I understand he didn't pitch, and he was hurt and things like that, but tell him now what you want him to do. Have him work on it in the off season. You get to camp in February. Yeah, you know, or whatever, and work him in, and use him as a spot starter early if you want to, and have him spot start, you know, once every two weeks or whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, I don't
2: think Dallas. Keuchel... You're talking in in uh, camp, or are you nah, talking once, about... even
1: when the season starts. You want to do that? That's fine. You've got a Ronaldo Lopez you can use as a. Right. As a I, I as a thought I also. thought he
2: was going to be odd. He was part of the starting rotation. Beginning I think he of the probably
1: season. will be, but they're talking yeah. about We're you know we him. may have to oh, tell okay. you later. So you're in saying the season, if they
2: need to, I'd rather baby pull him, him early in the
1: season. You know what I mean? Baby him early in the season, so as you get towards the you're end building of the year, up, you're better and you you can yeah. go the distance. There's um, Dallas Keuchel's making 18 million dollars, I think, next year. Um, let's yeah, 18 million. And then in 2023, he's got a $20 million deal, but you can buy him out at $1.5 million. The White Sox could trade a big catch co- contract for maybe another contract. Another guy is getting paid a lot of money because there's one player the White Sox hated losing last year. White Sox fans hated losing. And he's a catcher, and the White Sox need another catcher. What if the White Sox trade Dallas Keuchel to the Mets and get James McCann back? Now, McCann had a brutal year hitting. He hit 232, 294 on base and a 349 slugging percentage, 10 homers, 46 RBIs. But
2: his defense is there.
1: Exactly. He catches the ball when a cutoff man throws it to him. He, he blocks the ball that it doesn't get past And like Yasmani Grandal, pitchers are not afraid to throw their, their ball in the dirt because they know that McCann can stop the ball
2: where Grandal's got to get off his, tail and go get it because it gets past him. Well, I'll tell you something. We do and Zach Collins is not the answer no. in my book. It's a we do need Nice a, guy. But yeah, we do need a crazy good defensive yeah. option behind the plate.
1: Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see you. know, if You call the Mets and say, listen, we got a pitcher for you. Left-handed pitcher. You get him on a one-year deal. You can get out next year. It's 18000000 million. We'll take back. Uh, you've already offered McCann. He's got... McCann has three more years Eight, eight point one five next year, and then twelve point one five each of the next two years. So that's twenty four. That's thirty two million for the. So you want to trade
2: heads up Dallas for uh, McCann?
1: Yeah. Well, they'll you know listen, we're taking a lot of money off your hands. Yeah. You know, and you take Dallas Keuchel. It's ten million more for you next year, but you're getting a pitcher. You're getting an established ground ball pitcher who, if you can fix, he can pitch for you. And then the White Sox would you know they they don't need him. Okay, they don't need a Dallas Keuchel, and he's on their, their team. So if they can move him, they can go right ahead and do it. I don't know. Kind of an interesting idea. And the other one is I had heard from numerous people that Carlos Correa, he got offered a deal five years, $160 million from the Astros, and everybody talked about how it's an embarrassing compared, offer.
2: Compared to the Lindor?
1: Yeah. Thing. It's an embarrassing offer. And you and, can make
2: an argument that Correa is a better player then, Lindor?
1: Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think you can. Um, he, didn't hit, he didn't hit in the World Series. He hit against the White Sox. Uh, the last thing he did in the World Series was when he pointed, I mean, when he pointed it it's my time. Was that even the World Series? That was the playoffs, wasn't it? Because in the World Series, they only had two homers. They're both from Altuve. So I was against the Red Sox. Yeah, I was against the Red Sox. Yeah, when he pointed to his, watch, his wrist and it says, it's my time, he didn't do crap after that. So, I mean, whatever. But I heard that the Detroit... Tigers are really interested in going out and getting Carlos Correa. Now, wouldn't why wouldn't they be? But AJ Hinch is the manager. AJ Hinch yeah. and Correa were in Houston together. And you look at it, and
2: are there garbage cans involved in the deal?
1: No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think they have. I think they have plastic garbage cans okay. at uh, Tiger Stadium. But the Tigers apparently are trying to spend money. They just signed Tucker Barnhart, the catcher from the Reds. Now, that's not a big money deal, but they have a great young pitching staff. They have this kid Manning. They have uh Casey Mize. They have like three or four really good young pitchers.
2: And their catcher killed us at the plate. Yeah, what's his name? God, I'm gonna have to look it up. Anyway, so Haas, so, yeah, Haas, yeah, yeah.
1: And then, yeah, he didn't even catch all the time, but every time he played the White Sox, yeah, he like, hit the crap out much, of the ball. Yeah. But yeah, so maybe Carlos Correa, which we don't want to see Carlos Correa more than we see him already. If you're a Sox fan. And we'll see him more in Detroit. Yeah. And the the Detroit Tigers are trying to put a team together now. They've got young pitching. Uh, They're trying to build. And what better way to build than making a big push in free agency and getting a guy like Carlos Correa.
2: I think that they're going to be uh, competitive with the White Sox quicker than Minnesota or Cleveland. Yeah.
1: Oh, I don't. Cleveland. For years people go, Well, look at Cleveland. Cleveland can't keep their pitchers healthy one year to the next. Every year their pitchers have problems. Right. And now they had And they let injury. a few go. Yeah, injuries again this year. Yep. They have more injuries. So those are just a couple of I mean, I love I love the offseason of baseball and you're gonna get you're gonna get trades, you're gonna get free agent signings, but a lot of it may be slowed because of the labor negotiations that are gonna have to go on. So um I love watching um hot stove on MLB Network. They're usually on with Matt Faskersian and Harold Reynolds during the week. It's great watching all of the possibilities and the that may happen or won't happen or could happen, and they talk to all the people during the offseason. So I can't wait to see that. That's going to be a lot of fun. But um, yeah, so maybe Correa goes somewhere, gets out of Houston, um, especially if, the, if, in fact, that was an insult of an offer. Correa just calls A.J. Hinch and says, listen, have your guys come up with a deal. Make me money. Uh, I'd like a deal similar to Lindor's. If you don't have that much, we'll f- work something
2: out. Yeah, I think I was uh, on the way in. I was listening to uh, MLB Network on yeah. uh, uh, Sirius XM, and they were talking about it. Uh, the show was entitled Front Office, so a couple of uh, old GMs, and they were really slicing and dicing the Correa situation. And they were both. I mean, they did not mince words. They were just like, "That is just why even bother offering that? That's more of an insult than no offer at all."
1: Yeah, Carlos Correa is twenty six. He'll be twenty seven next year. Okay, his so far. This is his first year, his first deal. So he's looking for his big money. He made a million in twenty eighteen. He made five million in twenty nineteen. He made eight million in twenty twenty, and he made eleven point seven this year. Okay. He's gonna you can you can you can triple that money. Mm-hmm. He's, he's likely gonna make somewhere around thirty next next he, he's several He's the biggest years.
2: free agent, uh, wouldn't you say? Well, certainly yeah. at shortstop, yeah. Biggest free oh, agent. without a doubt. Yeah.
1: yeah. So um, yeah, so we'll see what happens with Carlos Correa. Whatever happens, he's gonna be a very very happy and a very rich man.
2: I'm sure yeah. he will. And him yeah. going to Detroit, I don't like that at all.
1: No, I don't either because it's going to be a situation where he'll be facing the White Sox quite often. And uh, we saw what he did in the playoffs against the White Sox. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Not um, a fan.
1: Nope. Um, the Bulls, last night, they had a tough game. They knew it was a home at home. They went into the game a four point favorite. And at halftime, they were down double digits. So uh, we come back. We'll talk a little Bulls basketball before we're out of here at 12 o'clock. Fred and Xander here on ESPN 1000.
0: You're listening to Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's home for
1: sports. Live stream ESPN 1000. Or take a listen to our other shows on demand. It's the all-new ESPN ESPN Chicago Chicago app. volleyballs it. Here comes
6: Zach Levine. Lonzo. Lonzo. Oh, go get it. Back on toe. Oh, shots, jammer. Two to tie,
1: three to take the lead. Here Screen. comes Zach. He wants the lead. Oh. oh, highlights courtesy NBC Sports Chicago. Stacey King and my favorite announcer, yes. Jason Bonetti, wearing a tie and everything did last he did, night. Did he o-
2: do okay by you on the Bulls broadcast?
1: He did do something he's done in baseball games, too. What? A minute and a half into the game, there was no score. He goes, I promise you, people, there will be some points scored in this game. There just haven't been any yet. He's done that in the bottom of the first inning in baseball games. Again, just another reason. (laughs) So, anyway. Now
2: as goofy as Stacy is, we love him. Yeah, It's okay to be okay with Jason. You'll get there.
1: No, that won't happen. Yeah, you'll get there. (laughs) No, won't happen. (laughs) <laughs> Won't happen. Uh, but anyway, I, I listened to the whole thing. So I mean, I you know I can't tell you the list of things I have. But anyway, um, it, it was it was a um, he also did something. If I'm Will Purdue, I'm pissed because he he mentioned it matter of factly that it was the anniversary of a game that Will Purdue scored just three points, <laughs> and then going to the, going to the halftime, he said it again. If I'm Will Purdue, it's like. Okay. Once was enough. Once. Exactly. Now in okay. said it
2: once. Yeah. Now twice is
1: it's. Now maybe okay. he's maybe he's, he's probably done games with Will Purdue in the past. And, and
2: I'm sure he's needling him and having I, a little sure. fun. It was, but uh, sounded vindictive. <laughs> so. <laughs> so anyway, you so, should host a podcast that Jason Benetti spin. You'll <laughs> analyze everything he says.
1: Actually, if I want my podcast to get listeners, I should do a podcast with Benetti. You probably should. He would and never. he would
2: be a great... No, he would be a great sport, <laughs> listening to you and your critique. I I think he would.
1: Uh, I don't think so. I don't... That's not going to happen, <laughs> I don't think. Um,
2: so the Sixers come back and they
1: get the win, 114-105 yesterday. And, um... Joel Embiid, it was, was, was crazy. He had 30 points, 15 rebounds. He made 11 out of 19 points. He was four or five from the three point range. And Billy Donovan talked about it. The Bulls did it again. They, they fell behind early. They were only a point down after the first quarter, but by half, they were down by 10. And Billy Donovan says, we just can't keep doing this. We fought our way back
2: in the game. And I've said this before, you know, when you dig yourself a hole by double digits and you're fighting your way back, you know, the Boston game. Okay, great. But it's very, very more often than not, you're not going to be able to come
3: back and find a way to get back in the game. And I said, this, it's a hard way to live that way. And, um, you know, we've, we've got to be able to
6: when we're not shooting the ball well, and we didn't shoot the ball great tonight, we've got to find
0: other means to be able to to win and they're they're obviously a good offensive team
3: uh you know with certainly the way they played tonight the way they shot the ball the last two games against us from 3 we still got to be able to try to defend a little bit better and and generate more
1: offense for us off of our defense man yeah, it would be nice and he talked about how we, the, the bulls didn't shoot well in philadelphia did overall field goal percentage the bulls shot 40% <laughs> the sixers shot 53% from the field from three-point range? That'll do it. Yeah, from three-point range, the Bulls were 7 for 29. The Sixers were 13 for 26. That's 50%. And they had this guy, Korkmaz, who hit 7 of 9, and he hit them from everywhere yesterday. But you can't have the other team double your three-point. Not only, they the Bulls took three more three-pointers than them, but... The number that were made were ridiculous.
2: Successful,
1: yeah. Man. Let's go to Westchester and Brandon. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Brandon. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, let me chime in on the Bulls. Yeah, I'm. A, I, my, my MVP
0: this year so far for the Bulls is Stacy King, man. <laughs> Stacey King has been off. Um, He's spider. been great. Yeah, and, and, and he does it in a subtle way. His criticism, because he know he works for the organization, so he so he can't say it in a way that I'll say it or you guys will say it. But he's been on point. And I'm going to tell you, two out of three losses I blame on Billy Donovan. Stacy called it out. I'm screaming at the TV. Stop bringing Vukovic up to set a pick when the Rose and uh, Levine doesn't need it. They can beat these guys one-on-one. Yeah, he brings him up to set a screen. He's bringing help. Stacy's pointing that out. And like Stacy said last night, Vukovic needs to get down low and make MV work. He's like, and V ain't even working on defense because he knows you can't score and you're afraid to score. I mean, you guys tell me, who is this guy that we got from Orlando? <laughs> I didn't watch a lot of Orlando basketball, but last year I gave him a pass because we knew him it was a pandemic. But it rolled over into this year. As a basketball player, who is he? What does he do well? I don't know. I don't see it. He doesn't have a down-low game to post up. And those wide-open shots that he – he misses more. I don't care what the percentages in the numbers say. When I watch him on TV, he misses the shot. He misses the three. He misses the 12-footer. And we need an outside shooter. We're missing the three or four. This Patrick William loss is showing up big. Because last night we could have played him at center and went small. And he was coming on offensively. And he's a great defensive player. I'm going Love you guys. You're,
1: you're right about that, Brandon. Yeah. He is a really good defensive player. It sucks that... That Patrick Williams is out. And Vucevic, 5 for 16 yesterday. Just one of seven from three. He had the opportunities. And I'm going to let our guy, I'm going to let our basketball expert, Tyler Rocky, tell us exactly who Vucevic is. Because, again, I didn't watch much Orlando basketball either before he came here. So I saw him when he got here. But they are setting him up for shots. And yesterday, they set him up for
3: three shots in the first minute and a half of the game. They wanted to get him started. they just It just didn't work. I think with Vucevic it's just right now it's a matter of shots not falling for him these are shots that he does make and right now they're just not working for him now I think another thing too is he's not used to having this much talent on the floor alongside him Uh uh-huh and and this many people who excel with the basketball in their hands when you look at guys like DeRozan and Levine and I know Lonzo doesn't need the ball in his hands to thrive but he's a guy who facilitates and I think that's Part of them trying, and that probably does work too. what you were saying about them trying to get him going early, yeah. is that he's trying to learn a new sort of game right now. And that's going to take more than, well, how many games have they played now? Seven, eight, nine? It's going to take a little bit of time. You probably won't see the true impact of it until 20 or 30 games in. Sure. Sure. And I mean, they're playing well and
1: they're fun to watch. I mean, they're running up and down the court. They're high fly, high flying. He calls him Shy shy Jamma. And that's been all kinds of fun. Uh, stacy has been great. Absolutely great. And the caller Brandon brought up a point. I was mentioning this earlier to Tyler, is that there was a time that he called out um Zach Levine because Levine got the ball and Green was in front of him. Javante Green. And... He says, come on, come on, uh, Zach, you got to pass the ball to to Green. He'll go in for the basket. He didn't do it. He goes, you got to do these kind of things. Keep it a team. Do the passing and that. Mm -hmm. The very next play, Lonzo Ball got the ball, through an alley-oop to Javante Green, who was in front and slammed it. And you hear Stacey going, that's what I'm talking about, Zach. That's what you got to do to keep everybody involved. So Brandon was right. If you listen to Stacy, Stacy will call out the defensive lapses. He'll call out when one guy's And
2: being, that's what we want out oh of the an analyst. That's exactly what you want. Right, but he does it in a way that isn't yep. hammer over the head.
1: No, he does yeah. it great. I thought it was wonderful. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, we've got something going on Tuesday I want to mention before we get out of here. At Dunning Poorhouse on Addison, between 7 and 9, team ESPN 1000. It's going to be there. Uh, it's about hockey. It'll be Chicago facing Pittsburgh with a new coach, Ice Cold Core's light on special. Hockey swag will be given away to ESPN Chicago. Nissan Titan will be on site. Cool. Be you responsible with your celebration.
1: Yes, yes, very, very cool. Blackhawks have a game today. Derek King, their new head coach, or the inter- interim head coach, they take on the Nashville Predators. Don't forget, I'll be here that's, tomorrow. A, that's a win. Yeah, well, we'll see. That'll be that's their, their second of me. the year. I'll be here tomorrow after the Bears game against the Steelers. Xander and I will be back, I'm sure, next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll do so. that. Thanks to Tyler Rocky. Thanks to you for listening here on ESPN 1000.